Welcome to Parenting in the Trenches. I'm Karen Peters, a registered clinical counselor, and I'm a mom. We're getting real about all things family from a mental health perspective. So let's get to it. We're talking today about community care, what it really, really looks like and means to live in a village. Um, We know that old adage, um, and it's such an important proverb of this idea that it takes a village to raise a child. And I know as parents, we are often feeling very different than that, that we are doing this alone, that we feel quite isolated and overwhelmed, um, and that maybe that concept of the village has died and we can't have it. So today I have invited my lifelong friend um, to share a bit about her family journey, what it looks like, the hurdles and the benefits that come from raising your family in a village, in community with one another. I've known Michelle my whole life. not just our friendship meant that she was part of my village, but the village that she brought with her became mine. Her family were my siblings. Her family were my second parents. I literally called them mom and dad. Um, to this day, feels weird to call them anything different, even though I haven't spoken to them in many, many years. If I were to bump into her mom in the store, my arms would be open wide and I'd be saying, mom, they were the house that I biked to that I didn't need a huge permission slip for. I could just go. She was the friend who we exchanged regular sleepovers with. I adopted her dog, spunky as my own because I couldn't have a dog. I remember memorizing their phone number, which for privacy reasons I won't say, but I still remember. I went to school with her and we, she really was my sister. So there's no better person for me to ask into this conversation um, what her wisdom is around village life and what it means for her um, than Michelle. Okay, I think you should first describe you and your family because nobody's going to have the knowledge that I have, so assume I know nothing. Okay, and if I don't say enough, then just prompt me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure what else to share, but yeah. Sure. I'll do that. Okay. So go for it and tell us who you are and give us a bit of the lay of the land about your family journey to this point. I'm Michelle and I am the wife to Rob um, for 23 years. That's how our family started. And um, we have nine kids and they range from ages two to 20, almost 21. And uh, they have arrived in our family in multiple ways. Um, including biologically and uh, fostering and adoption. And uh, uh, we have three biological and six um, that came to us uh, through other moms. Amazing. Okay. So 22 to two is the range. 21. Yeah. 21. Who's still living with you? 
Um, so out of the nine, eight are still living with us. Just the 20, 20 year old, um, he is moved out now just in the last year, actually mid COVID. Yeah. He wow. said, I'm out. <laughs> this is too much. Exactly. No one blamed him. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yikes. It's, it's nice. I can go visit him and have this quiet space. Oh, it's your escape. Yeah. Uh, He's a really good kid. He will cook me something or, yeah. He's a sweetie. So yeah, we miss him, but he comes around quite a bit. So yeah, we still see him. Yeah. Yeah. In some of the other episodes I've been talking about, and in a couple of the courses I've made, I've been leaning kind of heavily into this idea that um, our culture has really lost touch with what used to be quite valued. I'm not sure why. There's so many complex factors. I think that we've been untrained in some way to see the value in the village. And so Mm -hmm. we don't live that way anymore. And I think it perpetuates itself. So this whole idea that you need to be pretty much dead before you ask somebody for help, like you Mm -hmm. should be able to do it all on your own. Um, And then I hear your story about, you know, Rob and I have nine kids and I'm like, well, we already know that's impossible. You can't possibly do that on your own. Um, but I'm amazed at how far individuals will push themselves as parents before they feel like it's fair or they're worthy of getting assistance from anybody or being able to contribute to somebody else's family's well-being. So I want to highlight that today because this comes on the heels of a number of episodes around self-care. And mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't fair to do that without talking about relationship care and community care, because it's all part of that. We don't get to take care of ourselves in isolation. So we need to talk about relationships. So you came to mind instantly because I know you live this way. And I think while it's very unique, I think it's so important to hear what it looks like outside the box for other people because they might be hungry for something and not know why. And I think you've got a bit of, of, a concrete picture happening for you with both challenges, but also the benefits that I'd love to highlight for people. So, um, yeah. So first of all, I want to know as somebody who lives from a place of village and community, where do you think you learned to value that? What, what makes you live this way or want to cultivate that? Well, I think I grew, I know that I grew up with community um, minded parents. And and I think that is because they immigrated from Holland and didn't know anyone there while their parents didn't know anyone. And they came and they formed communities with schools and, you know, um, their churches, their banks, everything. um, And they supported each other. And so we grew up with our friends, parents, kind of helped raise us in some ways. Um, Our friends' moms would have said, smarten up, and we would have listened, (laughs) where I don't think that happens as much anymore. Um, Parents get very angry if another parent were to say, hey, your child did this or whatever. Right, where it's like, no, please help me raise my child. (laughs) It's what what we look at it as now. So I think it started there. And I think it's important to say that you don't need to have nine kids to need community. That's new to us. We've had community um, helping us for much longer. Um, when we had five kids, I believe, um, 
Rob was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wish that I had reached out more before that. I know that I also kind of was wanting to look a certain way. Like I had everything, everything was fine. I had chosen this life. And so I couldn't really complain. Yeah. I couldn't ask for help. Um, yeah. But so really what led to us uh, realizing how much we needed the community around us was crisis. And I, now we want to yell from the rooftops, set it up before <laughs> crisis. Um, gotcha. And so we had community around us who were willing to help. We weren't necessarily asking. We did kind of portray that picture of everything's fine. Okay. Um, and so um, unfortunately, when crisis hits, it's when you really realize that you um, can't do this on your own. So it started with, um, you know, we were in community because we were foster parents, because we adopted, because we're a culturally diverse family. And um, so we had already plugged ourselves into different communities. So those people were already all set up around us. And then when crisis hit, um, we were able to say, okay, yeah, we're, we're drowning over here. We need some help. And everybody kind of jumps yeah. into action then. They were present. So they were there They already. were. Yeah. We already knew them. So we didn't know that we needed them um, before that mm-hmm. necessarily. We were just naturally surrounded by people because of our life, I think. Um, we, uh, another piece of that is of when you asked um, what, what brought that to us or how that yeah. uh, came to us yeah. is just us being quite intentional from the beginning of, wanting to raise our kids, knowing that asking for help is okay. So some of our kids are, um, have different, uh, they're not neurodiverse, different diagnoses yeah. that make it so that for the rest of their lives, they will need to have um, supports in place. And so we've never wanted our kids to think they needed to be independent. And then in doing that, we realized well, that really actually applies to everyone, not just them. Yeah. And that even in the school system, they're raised or they're taught that you need to be independent, like grade four hits and you need to be able to have a planner and you need to be able to fill your backpack and you need to know what comes next. And they really are pushing forwards that towards that independence. And we were kind of pulling the reins on that and saying, no, we want to teach our kids. Yes. Trust your gut, trust yourself, but rely on others, ask for help. It's courageous and beautiful to ask for help and use your community. And so we needed to walk that walk as well. If we're telling our kids that, um, well, look at you, mom, you're about to pass out from doing everything yourself. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Model that for sure. And so, um, yeah, we, we want our kids to be raised in a community of people that aren't, don't look just like us that don't think just like us. We want our kids to be empathetic and inclusive. And um, that comes from community. That doesn't come from. Yeah. Not from a book. It doesn't come from a book and it doesn't come from just sticking to your, your own Mm -hmm. little family unit. Right. And so um, the other piece of that is with adoption and large family and fostering is our family looks very different than the average family and so it's just Mm -hmm. good for our kids to have other families around that look like them and that function like them and there's that kind of freedom in a shared experience like oh 
there's more of us, right? And yeah. so that's yeah. helpful for all of us to not feel so different or alone. And then you realize, oh, we're really not different. <laughs> we're the yeah. same because we all share these same experiences. And hmm. yeah, there's so much, I, I mean, I feel like there's just so much to it that benefits everybody. Hmm. Makes me think that sometimes our independence might grow out of a place of fear of not measuring up. Like we have to perform really well, which is mm -hmm. so disconnective, right? If we feel like we're performing for people, make us look like we can do it all. We've got it all under control. That in and of itself creates a barrier to relationship because it's not our true selves shining. It's, it's us acting a certain way to give a certain impression. And that's what people are then attracted to. That Instagram. Right, forming. Yeah. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. What, what do we post? I don't, I don't often post myself what I look like in the morning, right? I'm going to post no, right. myself done up. The and that's up what you present sure. to the neighborhood as well, right? You don't want the kid running out in their diaper and screaming and for the neighborhood to hear. But yeah. really, all of us have kids in diapers who run around and scream, right? Exactly. So why don't yeah. we just share that? Yeah. So Embrace it instead of, to, yeah, hide it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So there is, uh, there is strength when you can make eye contact with some another parent across a park and be like, "Yeah, I get you." I get you. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. totally. It's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No one's judging. Yeah. No one is judging, and please help us. Like I, I, you know, one of our kids is a runner. He, uh, he's a flight risk, and yeah. um, we need our community, and our community has rallied. Like uh, we just had to be really honest that we we can't always uh stay on top of what's going to happen mm -hmm. next it's and so if this happens and he does this we want you to know that it's okay please uh offer him a popsicle if you see him running by that'll be a really good <laughs> that helps Slow him run. down <laughs> yes. distract don't contain, just watch him go back yes and i'll come pick him up yeah. exactly yeah, if you Here's see our my number. kid waving to you from the roof it wasn't because i approved it so if you exactly. see that <laughs> i am not going to be upset with you neighbor for letting me know he's out yeah. of control so yeah yeah um yeah we huh. need community and i mean i hope that our neighbors or our community also feel the same when they have um a crisis of some kind or just mm -hmm. are human and it's not a crisis it's just real life that they know that they can come to our door and say, hey, things aren't okay, I need help. Or or just even the, just even the old fashioned, I need flour. Yeah. Do you have any milk? Those kind yeah. of things. Uh, we have that with some neighbors now that it's taken a, a while to carve that out with them that we can trust each other that, uh, you know. That's you not can... a demand being made, a burden. You're not a burden. No, no. Yeah. Hey, you know, this is what's going on for us. Can you help or whatever? And with COVID, that's really uh, become more apparent. I think a lot of people have experienced mm -hmm. that um, just people giving giving a little bit more of a helping hand to people that are alone or isolating or uh, dropping off a package or something. So uh, I think we are hopefully going to continue with that. We're not going to lose that when things open up more, but uh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. When you talk about the invitation for neighbors to check your kids, you know, and mm -hmm. be able to come to you and say, Hey, guess what's going on three doors down. Um, that takes some 
pretty strong, secure sense of self too, I would think. Hey, like I, I see a lot of parents worry that they're being judged for not having been able to keep tabs on their kids 24 Mm seven. And they respond with defensiveness out of a sense of shame. Like I haven't been enough. You've just pointed out that I'm not enough. When I hear that sound so differently from you, it, that invites me to think like if we could collectively embrace this idea that us pointing out something that you don't have eyes on currently about your kids is not me telling you you're a bad parent, right? Then it, it takes the sting out of it. And now we can feel safe and vulnerable with each other to, to work together. So it's this acknowledgement that you can't possibly always know exactly what your kid is doing all the time or behavior it out of them. Or like that there's this expectation that we are all learning. Kids are growing and learning. They're going to make mistakes in community. So as a parent, am I welcoming this acknowledgement that something's happened that is maybe risky or less than ideal, or there's a relationship that's been ruptured and we need to kind of help rally to, to support that. But it isn't that just mind your own business. Never mind. Like we'll figure it out because that comes, I think more from a place of worry that that person is telling me I'm not good enough as a parent. And I, I think we've definitely experienced that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt that. And I think what it is, is just being able to feel that vulnerability and recognize it and know that I'm, I'm putting myself out here right now, or this person is actually being vulnerable themselves in telling me this about my child, because they also could feel that it's going to jeopardize a relationship of some kind by telling me that. But um, yeah, we've had... Uh, negative and positive experiences in in our village of people air quotes mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of people that who get us and know us um we don't have that anymore because we all know we all collectively love each other's children and we want the best for them so if i'm saying hey this is what happened this is kind of the experience that i witnessed um I don't think this time it was my kid. Like, I think, whatever. And I think that uh, this is maybe what happened. I think between us group of moms and dads is we've been able to uh, trust and, you know, say, okay, I'm going to talk to them and we'll get to the bottom of it and not feel attacked at all. But in more of a, in distant, more distant relationships with like neighbors or um, people from school it, you, I think you just have to tread lightly when you, I try to always frame it with, Hey, I, I struggle with this as well. Or my, I know this is always hard to hear or try to say my share my experience first so that yeah. they know where I'm coming from that. I, yeah. I'm not at all judging you. Right. Um, just so you know, my kid up. did this today uh-huh. so yeah. um, or whatever, <laughs> give them a little bit of a, we're, I'm not saying that I'm a perfect parent. I would just yeah. want to know this about my child. Yeah. So I'm le- leaving it with you. Let me know if I can, if you want any help, but otherwise I just yeah. am giving you the information. So I think you just have to, um, it's trust building. Hey, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, and hopefully you have some kind of a relationship before you're going to tell someone. Uh, what's going on (laughs) with their child (laughs) because yeah I don't know it's hard uh we just feel so judged and 
I think that's just uh, our society right now. And I, I long for those uh, days when we, I'm, I'm sure our parents also felt judged in things, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, we just have so much going on right now and so many different things that we're facing that we weren't facing before that it, we just need a lot more patience mm-hmm. and uh, understanding and yeah, more just, grace. Hey, yeah. more grace, so much more grace. Yeah, I'm just gonna paint that on my house. <laughs> more grace, <laughs> more grace. Please show us more grace. Show yes. us more grace. <laughs> yes, uh, it's true. We do get some looks sometimes with our family, but uh, we had it on Mother's Day. We went biking, and we looked like a little daycare. <laughs> it's like I'm like I think people think we're staff like what biking along with this daycare and I'm like oh people are all looking well they're still coming there's there's still they're more still, they're all peering around the corner one at a time it's like the yeah. train that never ends exactly I'm like nope they're all ours they're all ours uh, yeah you've alluded to a couple of things that I think we would classify as benefits um, and some of the challenges but can you share a bit more about what you think this approach to life has done in a beneficial way for your kids specifically. What have you noticed that you think, yeah, that's paying off there. Like this is helpful for them. This has been a good. Well, my older kids often text my friends without me knowing. (laughs) And I love that. I love it. I love it. And so sometimes a friend might say, Hey, just so you know, so-and-so, one of your kids, um, is facing something. I told them I wouldn't be sharing with you, but I just want you to know we've got it. And if it gets too big, I will talk to you and I'll get their permission. And so, um, and I love it. Like it's, that is a big one. And then also I, I, when I talked to my kids about it, they said they've noticed their friends don't have many people to ask for help. And they said they have so many people to ask for help. So oh. they just automatically do it. Like I, I don't, I'm not really a part of it. Like with my adult kids, they just know, oh, I'm just calling this person because I can't get my dirt bike in the back of the truck. Yeah. And I know he has a ramp right. <laughs> and then he's jumping in his truck. And I'm like, where'd you get the ramp? And then he got it from my friend's husband <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, he doesn't even go through me anymore. It's right. They know that these people love them and are going to do whatever they can or root for them. Um, It's helped our kids get jobs, which is like a real opportunities. Yeah. Like, Oh, you know, this is a good kid who, whatever we've had good conversations with. So they know our kids, they're rooting for them. Um, Mm. Some of our kids have had, you know, the normal teen struggles and there's not a judgment there. It's just, um, this is, you know, we're going to help you through this. And, uh, and lots of laughs, lots of jokes. Uh, they like to hang out. So I just had my birthday and we had a COVID safe uh, visit. Two of my friends, we had like a distance thing and they all got takeout for us and it was all separated into boxes. But my oldest wanted to come. And so he came out and hung out with the moms because he just oh. thinks it's so fun. And so I don't know, just being able to hang out with my kids, them liking my friends, them yeah. feeling supported by them. Um, those are all benefits. And then also just my kids having an upbringing that's more inclusive, 
in regards to culture, religion, Mm -hmm. gender, race, all of those things, they're seeing a bigger picture of people that um, they appreciate and that they know and that they have become Mm -hmm. family with in a way um, Mm -hmm. that are different than us. And, Mm -hmm. and you can't, you can't read that. You can't buy that. You can't, the only way you can get that is from living in community. Yeah, experiencing it. Right. And so our kids um, have a lot more grace and a lot more understanding and are empathetic to people who are different than them. And that yeah. is something that is uh, everything to us. That's uh, yeah. how we, who the, the adults we want in our lives. Mm-hmm. We're raising hopefully kids to become those kind of people, right? And so uh, mm-hmm. it's really cool to see it happening. And our kids fighting for justice, our kids demanding justice and getting angry when what? It's happening naturally for them. Hey, Yeah, Yeah. totally. Like this person who, you know, they're watching in the news, uh, different things happening and their friend looks like that or their, their friend is facing that or, or, or their friend's parents or whatever. Um, I, that's just what we've always wanted for our kids. Can you name some of the challenges in the journey of making this happen? I'm sure it has not been all smooth. Mm -hmm. Like some, some points where you may have felt like that was too vulnerable or made you shy away or some of the things that may have felt like this is such hard work in making the village happen. We made some mistakes in that uh, we maybe were too open with some of our kids' stories in the beginning, um, when we didn't, uh, yeah, we weren't as protective of our kids' stories and them being able to share them when they're ready. And so there were communities that we were a part of that as our family became more uh, out of the box, so to speak, uh, Mm -hmm. some of those communities shrunk for us that where we were kind of too much or too big, or too something, I don't know what, where those people aren't necessarily in our lives anymore from years ago. And so now uh, there's just kind of that, a feeling a little bit of insecurity of they have part of our story, and maybe they aren't the people that we would necessarily want them to have that. So we've, that would just be, I think, going forward, that's something we learned is that we're a lot more cautious about all the pieces that we share. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not open and honest with people, but you just are not necessarily yeah. sharing as many better boundaries around. What's right. Totally. What's the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess that's just from living through it. I guess you learn that. And then I guess just that those vulnerable feelings don't always feel good. So that would just be the other mm-hmm. challenge is there are times when it's hard to separate uh, what someone may be has expressed from what is real. And so um, just feeling those feelings, right? We're still human. So someone might express that they- It still impacts you. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And so um, that I guess is just something we're willing to go through in order to have community though. And and I think the other party also grows through that as well, that they realize, Mm -hmm. you know, that does have an impact on us. And having to be honest about it and and setting boundaries also can be difficult just because some people really don't like boundaries or don't like (laughs) me setting boundaries. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. You're supposed yeah. to be super open. What? Yeah. Now you're saying no? Exactly. Uh, what's happening there? Especially as we learn boundaries, then they're new sometimes. Uh-huh. And then it's like, yeah, I'm uh, now inserting this boundary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but we are no longer able to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, also just a part of my personality in, in wanting to be a people pleaser in some ways and make everyone happy is that yeah. kind of having to just be okay with not everyone's feelings being okay all the time. How do you manage expectations? I'm just trying to figure out, like, if I were in your shoes, I wonder if I would ever have this village mentality come so eventually quite naturally to me. How do you manage your expectations of others who may not feel that way? So they're not giving you the things that you may have learned it's good to give those things and I'm not receiving those or you're not available yeah. to me and I had hoped you would be, or do you ever feel disappointed? For sure. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm learning uh, to be more open about that in, um, especially with the people that I'm closest with who know me well, I can just say, I have one friend, we call them blurts and we just say there's no judgment for a blurt. You just have to yeah. blurt out something and you're not going to say it right. You just have to get it all out and then we'll figure it out after that. But we're not going to judge each other on the blurt. For the and delivery. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. And so yeah. we can just say, I felt this way when you did this. Um, I'm not, I don't think that that's how you meant it, but this is what yeah. I felt in that moment. And then we can kind of knowing each other very well and having a history of relationship mm. helps. And so we can just know, I think, always that we're coming from a good place and that we love each other and we're here for each other. So if that's always the root of it, yeah, yeah. then you can kind of get through those things. Um, but those are for really a handful of people, right? That you yeah, hold the close. real tight knit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have a pretty tight village and then we have a greater village of support people. But um, that tight village, there's just not a, a, a judgment there. We can say to each other amazing, that I'm, yeah. I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. Or I feel like I failed you. Sometimes that is what mm-hmm. comes out. Like, I missed this. I know, I know yeah. this was important to you and I missed yeah. it. I'm really sorry. So, yeah. yeah, just being real is vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge is that vulnerability. But it's worth it. Yeah. You mentioned one of your older kids wanting to hang out with you in the greater community piece around this. How do you see this living itself out in your adult ish kids and your kids who are in their later teens or older? Do you see them because it's so ingrained? Do you see evidence of them carrying on in this way? Yeah, creating for sure. their own villages, expanding they, them? Yeah, I think. Um when I, I did ask them that and they just said they don't know how really to do life without a village. Hmm. They don't really know why you would. And they, <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that? Well, they're just like, what do you yeah. mean? Like, uh, right. yeah. Like what's my, the other way they call most of the, like by their first names or auntie or something. Yeah. And they're like, they're never not going to be in my life. So it's hard to picture what that would look like yeah. without them. It's been set up for them. Right, exactly. And so they're definitely setting it up for themselves. um, Just with the friends they've chosen are also Mm -hmm. like minded. So they, they support each other. They, well, our oldest, I mean, he lives with 
a friend and then, you know, they, all of their friends come over and they cook together or they do something together. Or, I mean, now COVID has stopped that a bit, but um, they can do some outdoor things. And uh, um, yeah, I, we see it when we do something social, like have a fire or something at one person's house and we all kind of bring something, you know, you decide one's going to bring the wieners and one's going to bring the buns or you're all going to bring your own food with COVID now and sit far apart. But that my older kids will show up. I didn't know they were going to come, but one will show up after work in his work clothes. He might not stay as long, but he sits down, has a good laugh, throws some kids on the trampoline, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, is participating just because he craves it. You can tell he he may not always say that he enjoys all these little kids around, but he loves it. And so he shows up in his work clothes, eats, and then might leave. But everybody's happy to see him. Everyone knows him. Everyone, all those adults are saying, how was your day? What's new? What did you learn? They're all interested in what he's doing. So he feels appreciated. He feels welcome. He feels part of it. needed too. Like, Hey, you know, can you come look at my pipe (laughs) and see what's wrong? And then he feels like, Oh, I have skills that can contribute here. Or, um, our oldest is in university. So what did you learn about this? Tell me about this. And yeah, I just think, uh, I know the adults in my life when I was growing up who asked me questions. I, I, I remember that there weren't a lot of them. So you remember the adults that actually are interested in you as yeah. a child. You mattered so, even yeah. though you were just a kid, right? Yeah, that totally sticks. Yes. And so I, I actually was just messaging uh, one of my friend's moms about that. And I said, I have memories of, and she was emotional saying, I yeah. am so appreciate you telling me that because I don't oh. remember but I'm oh. so thankful that that's your memory. And I was like, you always asked me how I was and how my day was. Mm. And we got to contribute to conversation around the table. Those kind of things are important for us. I don't want to be a part of, I mean, yes, sometimes I want the kids to go play so that me and my friends can yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. But yeah. there's also just that interest in my kids is important that my friends know my kids and they know what they like and they, you know, one of my kids was just struggling. She struggles with anxiety. And one of my friends just said, can I just invite her over and give her, make her feel needed? She said, I, I have this need that she could help with. Do you mm. think that would help? And I said, absolutely. Aww. And so they, she picked her up. She got her like a frappuccino. She took her to her house. She gave her a job that is something she would love to be helpful with. Mm-hmm. And um, just fed her soul. Yes. And then, yeah. And and not for any reason other, it's probably wasn't that helpful for her as as an adult, but if she knew it it was going to help me, it was going to help my, my child. And she now thinks that that adult is one of her best friends. She'll say, that's my friend. That's not just. It's knowing each other intimately is so much part of this Mm-hmm. piece, right? This is not just a collection of names of people you can lean on every once in a while. This is like day in, day out, knowing each other, that reading is each difference. other's needs. Yeah. Yeah. That's where mm-hmm. it's at. Yeah. The real knowing, the real, and the real knowing means that vulnerability has to be there. And right. there's pain in that, but there's so much good stuff in that. Amazing. I miss you because you were my first village 
Because yeah. I desperately wanted siblings that were my age and didn't have them. You were my sister. Still are. Still my sister. Don't doesn't matter where you live. But man, what a difference. Like I yeah. I don't know how many meals I ate at your family table. Seven up and nasty at your house. Oh my word, seriously. <laughs> yes. Exchange program, right? Cheese yeah, toast yeah. in the cheese. Yeah, in the toaster. <laughs> and yeah, definitely. So yeah. It was so good to reconnect and we'll have to do a part two offline. Thanks for spending time with me today. Remember to check out the show notes for related resources. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, or you can also subscribe to my online learning page at my.thrive-life forward slash LRL series, where you'll get updates, extra tools for your toolkit. And if there's a topic that you want me to cover in this podcast, please shoot me a message. I would love to hear from you. Shoulder to shoulder with you, knee deep in this mud. I will see you back here next time.